So we have uh, Sharon. You got Peter Peanut Butter Falcon. I've got High yeah. Score. Sean, what have you got? Um, I've got all the Transformers movies. What? Uh, I want- Let's get. Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that is almost in tears because we thought we were out of the, we thought it was safe to go out of the water. We thought it was fine. We thought we were out of the lockdown and just when we thought we were out, they pull us back in. So my name is Tosin. I am uh, your, I am your tear I'm retear just... Sir Short. I was so just gonna say that's a Godfather three quote, isn't it? <laughs> it is a it is a Godfather they three quote. They pull me back in. <laughs> they pull me back in. In the week yeah, in which we cool. hear that Francis Ford, Cop- Francis Ford Coppola is planning to re reduce release another cut of Godfather three. Like, oh wow! He's going to re edit it and sort of do something with another cut. I'm like, okay, we'll see what it has to do. But anyway, uh, my name is Tosin. You've already heard me speaking. My name, I'm the host for well, for want of a better word, and I am up in Coventry in the Midlands. Joining me, as always, on the Isle of Wight, uh, Sharon. Hello. And you've already heard him, Sean. Hiya. <laughs> right. Yes, as I said, we we are in, we are in, we are almost in tears because just as we were about to feel safe, just as we we're about to feel happy, they and by they I mean the kind of people who go and rub up against each other on the beaches of Bournemouth, Sean, your hometown, which we have already established on this podcast. None of those people were actually from Bournemouth. Those sort of people, <laughs> those sort of people are trying, trying to take it away from us. Just as we got cinema back, they're trying to take cinema away from us because this is the week in which in the UK, the government have announced that we are going to have to scale back our podcast, uh, not podcasting, scale back our lockdown procedures and so go one step back. And now it is another one of these confusing guidelines that says something like you're only allowed to meet with a maximum of six people for social issues outside the home. I don't know what that means. But Sharon, we have just started off. We started off a, a, a Facebook group called Netflix versus yeah. Cinema Chat, where people can pe- people who listen to the show or people who just want to talk about film stuff can go in there and talk about things. We already had um, Patrick Russell, friend of the show, being hit by the autocorrect demons and calling me toxin. So, <laughs> and I think it was. You've got to love autocorrect, haven't you? <laughs> you've got to love autocorrect. You've got to love autocorrect. And um, and I think um, it was the night that it was released because you put this on pretty late at night, probably like eleven, going, "Oh my god, what does this mean for us cinemas?" Gonna be, yeah. Oh. So so tell hey. us yeah. so tell us, Sharon, what are your fears? What are your fears with this whole new? We have to scale back some lockdown freedoms. Yes. Well, my first thought was well that puts paid to church that put paid to the cinema that puts paid to our outdoor garden cinemas that we've been doing at at sean's place um i've looked at it a bit closer since then so my initial reaction was right mother we are going to be walking in the middle of nowhere from now on we are going to be (laughs) avoiding all social contact because we don't tend to go to like a beach or an esplanade and we don't like to have a potter about and there are people about but we've become a bit more climatized to human contact so we've been a bit more casual but we were thinking right that's it we are not going within we'll be carrying like a broomstick with us if you can touch you with my broom <laughs> you're too close <laughs> um so but then having read some of the rules i think um church is okay because they're saying as long as you stay within the social bubble of six people and you don't mix that that up you can still meet in a church in a building 
So I'm thinking that we might be okay with cinemas. And um, obviously it's for the managers of the cinemas to decide. Um, if people, they can't sell blocks of seats of more than six, I would imagine that's how they're going to say it. Yeah. Because um, in my church, what we do is we have like cafe style seating. So we have a little table. Yep. <laughs> and then we have like four or five chairs around that one table. And we are told, you know, we've got a one-way system. You come in and you sit down at your table and then you don't, get within certain distance of other tables and yeah. we're very good at maintaining our we all have to wear our masks the whole time we've got no live music we have it all um you know we're all hand sanitizers and so so you're saying you're saying for done. us to continue to enjoy this new this freedom of being able to watch films in the cinema audience cine world the light all these people need to come to you your church and say how do you do it <laughs> this is how we've managed we've managed this for two months now and we've not ha- and we have our own qr code because with the nhs trace and trap tra- test Track- and trace app that yeah. they that they've been piloting on the island in other places you have a qr code and you buzz yourself in when you turn up and so if as long as people are doing that then i think we can we can do this people <laughs> <laughs> we can do this people just don't be an idiot don't go to raves don't rub up against other people stay away from people yes. if you go to a restaurant if you actually absolutely must go to a restaurant but <laughs> don't uh, lick anything and just don't touch anything and you'll be okay yeah. and then we'll be okay yeah <laughs> and so, um, cinemas can stay open i'm uh, hoping that i haven't heard any announcements from that i do keep looking on the cine world page and stuff i haven't heard an announcement where they're saying you know what it's not working yeah i i do think i do think that they will stay open because i you know just like you like you were saying sharon in the blocks of six i mean so i I still think so but what's what's quite good you know we've had this discussion before i was looking at what's on next week and there's about three probably a couple of films that you like that i was thinking oh there's a few i'm looking forward to yeah i'm looking forward there's a new zealand one out i forgot what it's called but that looks quite a good film but that's an 18 finally out i think that's due to be released as well yeah which one was that Miss, misbehavior i think it's about um the group of women who try to sabotage oh, the yeah, miss because, world competition yeah. because that was going to be released pretty much the week that lockdown hit because the adverts yes. were for it everywhere they were everywhere and it just it just didn't happen it, yeah. yeah and i think gugu and bertha raw is um the miss world the first black miss world and she said yeah. hang on a minute this is my dream and this means a lot to me as a woman uh-huh. as well and so it's like there isn't one argument it, about women's abortion is like no 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 this is the only argument it's saying actually there are two sides to that argument so yeah. i think it could be an interesting film to watch yeah i'm looking I've, forward to that one I've, i think so i'm actually looking forward to that one i thought i'd missed it because i thought it i thought it we'd lost we'd missed a chance in the cinemas all right so and i know that online there's people who have quite a cynical view which i kind of i i think i have to i think i have i love i have a lot of time for this view that essentially Anything that makes the government money or that can be taxed will stay open and it will not yeah. be blamed. <laughs> it will not be blamed for the for, for the rising COVID cases. So someone was uh, there's a there's a lady, Helen O'Hara. She's a film journalist. She writes for Empire magazine. And she was saying, so excuse me, but you're saying you can't meet up in each other's homes. But sure enough, that's it's easier to trace that because people know who's been in their homes. But restaurants and pubs are not taking anybody's details. They are not taking anybody's details of who's been in there and all that. But they're allowed to stay open and they're not being blamed for the spike. 
And people were like, well, you see, um, yeah, because the government makes money off that. Anything that's going to make money, it's not going to go. Got to pay for this somehow. Yeah. Yeah. It's like six people. You can't meet six people in your home, but you can have more than six people at your workplace. It's every every new directive we get seems to contravene about five other ones that we used to have but anyway let's get don't want to go sh- down the whole lockdown road again do they are saying you know we can't have another lockdown but we want to make you feel like you're in another lockdown just yeah. behave like you are yeah well if people had just behaved like that in the first oh, by the way a change a change attack here yes. um I've just listened on the radio actually just earlier on and Diana Riggs died didn't she yes 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 Diana. She died. Yeah. So- she, it was released about an hour ago yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's a real, that's a real sort of shame, really. Well, you know, because um, I really rated her highly. Yeah, I mean, it's a good age. Yeah, so. it's, it's it's a good age, but still. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Okay, so we, yeah, this is this is like breaking news as we're recording this. So let's go. Okay, let's let's go. What was the first time you saw Diana Reagan something? First time. Uh, mine was her. mine was the Avengers, the Avengers, a TV series, of black and white Avengers, where she was just like. Oh, she was like a <laughs> Emma Peel. No, she was, yeah, Emma Peel in a nice little leather black leather cat suit, just like kicking ass. Just yeah, like well, you know. Yeah, I remember I think that it's as well. James Bond. I think it's for me. It was James Bond. I, I on Her Secret Service. Watch the James. Yeah, on His Majesty's Secret Service. I, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. I think that's probably the first time I thought, "Who's that lady, Diana Rigg?" Because mm. yeah, because yeah, when I was watching the Avengers, it was. Um, Oh, her name is gone. It was the, uh, the, next, Thor- it was the Lin- new Avengers. Yeah, Lin- Lin- oh, oh, Joanna Lumley. Joanna Lumley, yeah. Was, was Linda, there was Linda Thorson came after Diana Rigg. So you had Honor Blackman, uh, Diana Rigg, and then her name was Linda Thorson. I used to think she was, she was quite hot yeah. as well. No, the Avengers, it was the new do, Avengers, do you- and it was Joanna Lumley when I was growing up. Sean, do you think that maybe the Avengers had a formula or had a pattern? <laughs> it's Patrick yeah, I McAmean. think it probably did. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely had a pattern. Definitely had a ha- Patrick pattern. Patrick McAmean. You know? But I remember. And, and a woman who will make people go, oh, oh she's nice. yeah, yeah, exactly. She's not. Nice. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because I mean, even like the new Avengers with Joanna Lumley. So, I mean, everybody used to sort of like her. I think she had a name. Yeah. I can't remember what her name was. It was something like Purdy. Well, Purdy. Yeah, but I think, like, going back to On Her Majesty's Secret Service, yeah. like Sharon was saying, is that was a really good role because she wasn't like the typical Bond girl because she actually yeah, married she James wasn't. Bond, didn't she? They actually got married in that. Yeah, she was the and only so, one who's like, married. Like, yeah, most Bond girls were were a bit sort of eye candy-ish, whereas she was, although she was eye candy, she was also <laughs> a little bit more serious. But for me, the best part I think she played and I know it's probably because it's so recent was in Game of Thrones I yeah. thought she was yeah yes, Oliana Thorne yeah uh, yeah when she, when when she has that discussion with um Charles Dance you know is it Charles Dance no not Charles Dance is it? yeah it's yes Ty- it Tywin, Lannister. Tywin Lannister yeah. Tywin Lannister where they have that conversation that's just like two absolute stalwart actors just playing off each other and just yeah. doing their job so yeah, yeah I- she was the queen of Thorns. is it the queen of thorns they called her Something like that, yeah. Lady Olana, she was Lady Olana Tyrell. I don't think Tyrell, they that's it. Tyrell, yeah, Tyrell. But the thing is, okay, they now, had the rose. Their sigil is the rose, isn't it? And they're from the rose, the, the rose garden, or whatever the arbor, or whatever they call it's it. It's definitely but some yeah, sort of was, flower. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, oh, so I'll tell you, because I think for me in Nigeria, we grew up and we we had the black and white Avengers. Even in the eighties, we had the black and white Avengers, and so we, we used to. I can't remember what his name was. John something, the guy with the bowler hat. 
I know the name from of Steed. the guy. Steed, that was it, John Steed. And Emma Peel, and we knew we knew her from there. It was ages before I saw her in a Bond film. And but I have to admit, I really, really do enjoy the later Diana Rigg stuff. Like when like when uh, when she grew older and when when you got to realize or she got the chance to show that it wasn't just about her being like, you know, the ooh, Emma Peel. Oh. It wasn't just about that. It was about oh my god, she's actually a brilliant, brilliant actor. She is amazing. Yeah. And so I, I agree with you, Sean. I love Game of Thrones for that. I love her in Game yeah. of Thrones. I think that it's it's like there are some she has she has for me, she has some of the best lines and some of the best put downs. Oh definitely. About every and even even her final episode, I mean, all the way up to her final episode, is just like, she's just such a kick-ass character. And I think... Oh, isn't she just? Yeah. Yeah, you could just see Diana Rigg having fun and having so much fun with that character. Just It's almost it's as if, like, because she was, like, the older woman who's been around long enough that she doesn't have to prove anything to anybody. And it was almost as if that was Diana Rigg. I've been around long enough. I don't have to prove anything to anybody. I'm just going to show up, be awesome, and you're just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Her comic timing was impeccable as well because I remember her in again. She has these. She's been on this weekend. I saw her in All Creatures Great and Small in the new version of it. She plays uh, the lady who has the dog Tricky Tricky Woo, and so she's sort of have this this awful Pekingese dog. And actually, she was a, a scene stealer in The Detectorist, which I absolutely love. Which I think has been the best comedy of the last ten years. Yeah, and. She played her daughter's real. She played her the mother to her real life daughter, who yeah. was in in Detectorist. But yeah, she was the most withering mother-in-law that you can imagine for Mackenzie Cook's <laughs> character, and so it, she was perfect in that. So I think her her comic timing was impeccable, uh, and the way she can deliver these withering put downs is just uh, yeah. I do I do a love it her she, own. I do absolutely love it when she's withering. I do absolutely yeah. so. Dame, Dame Diana Rigg, you will be missed. It feels like yes. we're saying that about somebody every single week now. It's... It seems to be the year for it, doesn't it? Again, we've had this year of let's just, everything just... that we can possibly think of to throw at you, let's do that. Okay. So um, what we're going to do this week. So you might have wondering, oh, Netflix is a cinema, what's going on? And we mentioned last week, if you listen to the cinema, to the episode uh, of the podcast last week, that essentially Tenet seems to have made everybody run scared. So this week, we've had nothing new in cinemas. There's absolutely nothing in cinemas that we haven't already seen or reviewed on this show. So what we are doing this week is the return, the return after like, what, three weeks away <laughs> of the film buff interview we have a film buff interview but first of all we're going to talk about the things that we have been watching at home this week so we have uh, we've chosen three things each one of us has chosen one thing each that we're going to be talking about and we're going to say about what it is that we've seen and i would like to start off with sean because sean, <laughs> sean, <laughs> sean yeah i knew you'd love this <laughs> your viewing habits this week uh, because just before we started and we're talking about what it is we've seen this week and sean you came on and you said you had watched not one not two <laughs> not three not four but oh no you went and watched five transformers <laughs> movies yes oh, the... i did yes sure we've spoken about this what happened <laughs> what happened why did you go watch five transformers movies back to back okay basically they were they were um on the sky movies and yep. um I, I wasn't feeling particularly good i, I feeling... know you watched five transformers movies that is a 
that's a straight up indication that you were not feeling that well. Let's <laughs> go <laughs> and, and I have to say, I've always liked one. I've always liked one. Yes. So, yes. I mean, I yeah. can't, I can't yeah. fault one. And I just thought, oh well, because I hated the other so much, I thought I, I thought I, I'd have a look and actually see. And I have to say, all of them had moments. The only one I really, really did. I mean, I've forgotten what they are, like Dark Side. I mean, whatever. The one I didn't like was the one I really, really didn't like was the um, uh, the one with the. Dinobot things, they're like the like Age, the of, ex- Age of Extinction. Age of Extinction, yeah. I so, so I think it. I think it goes it goes Transformers, then it goes Dark of the Moon, Revenge of the Fallen, Age of Extinction, and The Last Night. Yeah, I don't I don't yeah. know why I know that. So, <laughs> yeah, yes, it. Just because you don't like them too much. Um, <laughs> I need to know what I don't like, so really. I don't accidentally so, watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. So I don't really know what to say about them, really. I mean, I, I obviously, um, I mean, I, I, I say I watched them. And I, and I did watch them and they were on, but there were moments when I was sort of distracted by other things. But it's just that they were on one after the other. So I thought, oh, that's that's pretty handy. You know what I mean? It was um, um, Sky Action, whatever. Oh, I just watched I just watched the next one. I just watched the next one. I do, ooh, yeah, just well finished watching, seeing what. And some, it's not all that bad, Tozin. I have to say, it's not as bad as I remember them. It's not as bad as I remember them. Um, if you watch them back to back to back to back. Yeah, I did. Didn't it? Didn't they all just sort of like meld into one noisy mesh of loud noise, metal clashing on CGI metal nonsense? After a while, yeah, they did. So, um, <laughs> so, so as it, but what was quite interesting as well was I, um, well, while it was on, I sort of had the computer on and I was just doing like because I mean getting the names like like you know as I say obviously um, obviously you got the bumblebee but there was like barricade oh yeah and yeah and jazz and, and all them so i started is sort of although the i was the same ones in each film not necessarily not in no, all of them you isn't. get the same bangy crashy things in the same film there's different types of them there's different but i mean get, is it, was, my, uh, optimus prime is he in all of them yes optimus is yeah optimus prime is yeah, yeah he's like the james so, bond of transformers yeah he oh, okay, is, he so is. He's, the, he's like but what gets me is the nasty one is it mega Mega what's it? Is there a Megatron. mega what's it? Megatron. 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 Megatron, yeah. Yeah. Tron. And then you got all, all sorts. You got like the full. Yeah. Pardon? Oh. Is uh, uh, yeah okay. Okay. So I've yeah. seen a couple of them. Yeah, I'm never getting that. Hmm? that. <laughs> I have. Okay. I have seen a couple of them. Okay. Okay. So, okay, Sean, you were yeah. going to say something. I was going to say something. Yeah, I was going to say that. Um, so yeah, so as I was, I was sort of as the robots were coming up, I was like thinking because there's like stuff about transformers on the net that you just wouldn't believe. There's just so much stuff, and yeah, yeah, there's there's a massive, oh, massive mythology. I mean, I liked it was interesting to find that my two favorite, or I sound a real geek now, don't I? My two favorite, favorite. Autobots, or 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 um, was Barricade and which was a police car and um, oh, yeah. Ironhide. And Ironhide, I like Ironhide, and it was interesting because obviously I was looking while I was watching them, and that's the same voice. So, they, so my two favourite characters, the voices are the same voice actor. Oh yeah, but, yeah, and he's just he, he, I reckon he was just a voice actor. He, he's not particularly. It's not but, Frank Welker, is it? I mean, yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds yeah, about Welker, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there an army vehicle one? Is there like a military vehicle one? There's all sorts. There's jeeps. There's 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 jeeps and you know arctics and the the, the thing is if you try and make yeah if you try and make (laughs) sense of the Transformers movie that way madness lies because um, (laughs) there's no sense to imposing you're exactly right because 
because the thing is when you Sharon to answer your question as to is it the same Autobots in each film the, I think they in the original cartoon they were all different primary colors so you could tell which ones were which in the films as they went on it got, it got harder and harder to tell you'd have two robots fighting and you don't know who's fighting you don't know whether one of, whether that's the good guy or the bad guy you just don't know it's just like dark gray metal fighting in dark gray metal and also between films the the personnel of the robots would change with absolutely no explanation for why they changed. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> absolutely no explanation why they changed. And I just, uh, oh, good Lord. And, I mean, Transformers, the, the Last Night, I mean, that is a film because, Sean, I know that you are a very, you are a very, very generous film reviewer, especially <laughs> on second view. Especially on second yeah. viewing, you tend to I am, soften. Yes. You tend to yeah, soften. I do. I do tend to soften. Yeah, but but I I know that in all these films there are bits where I think Michael Bay, who directed all of them, people said that he is a good director of moments. Like there will be moments that you think, oh my god, that was wonderfully orchestrated. But when it comes to story, the guy has no clue what he's doing. So it's... <laughs> I, I I think I I would agree with that because there are moments in each of these films. There are moments in each of these films which are okay, which actually held my attention. And then, like, I agree with you totally. It's just like, you know, you've got nests and all them. And then it just goes like, hmm, what's going on there? And it's like whirly, smashing, bit smashing and all. But on the whole, are they entertaining? You, yeah. Is it an entertaining watch? Um, well, I was entertained, but I... I <laughs> no, it's good I enough for me. say they were any... But I think that I would, I would... No, 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 not good enough for rating, really. I mean, they, they all sort of melded into one, you know, and it was like, like Tozen said, they were all very, very, very similar, you know, in the... <laughs> But they had moments. Some there were some 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 pretty good moments. I think I quite like some of the actual human moments, like the nest team. Um, yeah, I know. I thought it was quite funny, but I thought it'd be an interesting thing to 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 you know bring up on the show to to see because I know we hated them. So yeah, they're not really worth. Uh, they're they're all pretty much the same movie. Um, some good bits in in each of them. But the first, the first one. one, I do, I do, I do really like the first one. The first one, I think, is is really, really good. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to see in Revenge of the Fallen. What what amazed me there was all these loads of fights going on and everything going on, but then when it comes to the fight with the Fallen, it's that was rubbish. like over in seconds. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like what? I waited all this time, all this smashing, all like going on for ages and ages, and then it lasts like oh right, okay. Okay. That didn't last long. <laughs> I'll say, sure. If, if if you get a chance, about the only Transformers movie that I would actually want to revisit is Bumblebee. The Bumblebee one was actually quite good, but uh, I would say this. That's uh, quite a new one, isn't it? That's a With new Hayley one. With Hayley Seinfeld. Hey, hey, see, I don't like that. You see that? Yeah. I hate Bum- I hate Bumblebee. By the way, he's my worst. <laughs> oh, he's probably the he's only one I would recognise so, in, in a lineup. Is it? I I I can't, really cannot stand him. So. You, yeah, Bumblebee was he was there for the kids. Uh, all right, so uh, so last week uh, to wrap up this Transformers talk, last week Sean we said about how you are the kind of man who will go and take one for the team, and I think you've just cemented your reputation as somebody who will do that this week. Thank you, you just you decided to go back, take one for the team, watch all five Transformers movies. But I mean, why? Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we'll move on, and so we'll move on to Sharon. And Sharon, this week you have seen, I'm not even going to bother asking for a rating. So, <laughs> so Sharon. <laughs> 
Sharon, this week, you said that you saw um, uh, The Peanut Butter Falcon, a film that I mentioned last week, and I was like, oh, yeah, I want to go watch that. Shia LaBeouf. Um, that's a, a good Shia LaBeouf movie as opposed to at least two of the Transformers movies. So tell us, Peanut Butter Falcon, what did you think? Yeah, I thought it was good. I hadn't really heard much about it. I know you mentioned it last time, but I hadn't really registered much about the film, whether it had a previous cinema release and it's just now appearing on Netflix or whether it's a Netflix original. I don't know. But yes, it was, yeah, as La Charles Booth and Dakota Johnson. Yep. And quite a few, actually, people popping up all over the place. You go, oh, I know that. It's the guy from Deadwood. Oh, and that's the guy who was in other thing yeah, yeah. Bruce, <laughs> Bruce Dern shows up for a while Bruce Dern's in the beginning yeah so yeah there's quite a starry cast really but yeah basically the, the, the peanut butter falcon is about there's this young man who is in the a social care situation he's been living he's a young man but he's living in an old folks home mm. and the only reason he's living in this old folks home is because he has Down syndrome and they don't have anywhere that, that he can live and so they the best they can do for him is to say, right, we've got, you've got to be in some sort of housing situation. So we're going to put you in this old folks home. So he is the youngest person there by 50 years. Mm. And needless to say, he keeps trying to run away. And so the, they put him down as a flight risk. <laughs> yeah. Because he wants to live his life. He's only a young, he's a teenager. He's a young man. Yeah, and so one he's in a room with Bruce Dern. His roommate is Bruce Dern, <laughs> who's this old <laughs> hand who has seen and done everything. And basically, they rig this escape, <laughs> so he manages to get away. And his passion and his dream is this American wrestling, and he's got this old VHS video, which has um, this sort of "Come to my wrestling school" in this sort of South of Carolina or somewhere in yeah. the middle of. And you'll come and I will teach you how to fight to wrestle. And his name is, I can't remember what his, what his name is. Oh, the salt, name water, of the salt water something. The salt water. So, yes, it's like the salt. salt water redneck or something. But yes, yes, that's yeah, it. That's this, it, yeah. Yeah, so he's, has, he has this this odyssey. So he then sets out on play, this odyssey play by like Th- journey. Thomas Hayden Church. In, Thomas in, Hayden Church is this. Yeah, in, in an... Yeah. In, in a brilliant, brilliant pastiche of 80s WWF wrestlers. I love it. Oh, yeah, where he has the makeup <laughs> and he has this persona where he's like, ah, you know, I am the... They, the, the whole, the, the overacting that they do. Yeah, uh, so this yeah. young man called Zach, he has this just... He's decided that if he's going to get away and he's going to enlist or join this wrestling school. And then it sort of the rest of the film basically is this an odyssey where along his journey he meets these different people mm. and he has these sort of different adventures um, but quite early on in his journey he sort of basically meets up with Charlotte Buff's character called Tyler yeah who again who's on his own journey um, of redemption and of he's seeking something that he has lost and mm. you understand what he has lost during the course of the film yeah. and so they then set off on this this journey together and it's this part the Odyssey, it's part Huckleberry Finn because it's they're following the course of this river. So you the river plays its own character in the film as well. And at one point someone said to them, How long are we going to be on the river? And he says, Oh, it's no about that much on the map and he holds up his fingers up and he says like two inches on the map. And they say, Okay, how long is that in time? How long will it take? 
It was like, oh, one or two days. They're like, days? <laughs> <laughs> it takes days to get somewhere on the river? And so you get the feeling that, you know, this is a journey that's taking its time, but they're growing and they're learning and it's a physical and it's a spiritual and it's a, yes, it's a meaningful journey in other means. Okay. And so um, it does cut, there's drama, there's tension, there's, there's a there's bad guys in it, uh, so it ha- it has all the 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 marks of a of an adventure story with you know uh, these characters of an odyssey basically. Yeah, yeah. So now before to before this week, I think Sean was the only one who'd seen this film all the way through. Sean saw this a while back, and I think for a while now, Sean, you've had like a massive. You've essentially marked Shia LaBeouf down as somebody you're like, you know what? I like him. He's good. I he's, do. He's quality. Very, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so then you liked it, him in Fury, which is like Marx is almost like Renaissance, didn't it? Where he came yeah, back to yeah. being taken seriously and again. Where, where he I, escaped I think, from the Transformers and, movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, when he escaped from there. And I think it's like a redemption for him. So although he's gone this movie, so because I mean, he's redeemed himself with Honey Boy as well, which I, I rated really, really highly. Mm. And I think he's gone on to show because he was, I don't know, if he, uh, would you call it typecast? Would you call him typecast? I guess so. I think but, he was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And now he's proved that he is actually a really, really <laughs> decent actor. I mean, Sharon, in this film, The Peanut Butter Falcon, what did, did you like him? Did you dislike him? Did you feel sympathy for him? He, he was a, uh, in this, he played quite a, a strange sort of character, I thought, you know, because like yeah. with where he was staying and that. So, and you couldn't, he didn't really endear himself, I don't think, but. He was still there. Was something there? If you, yeah, you I no, I, I mean? liked him. I was, I yeah. thought, I liked the way he interacted with Zach because he yeah. didn't. He taught him as a, as a person first. He didn't yeah, see exactly, the yeah, fact exactly. that he was someone who has Down syndrome, which is just it should not be the first thing that you notice about someone. No. It's and he, you get the feeling that he was like, yeah, so what? You know, he was more interested in him as a person as the story went on. I like yeah, the, those interesting sure. bits of the fact where this guy, Zach, he runs away and he's only dressed in his underpants. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the, the first bit of the film, he's just in his pants. And you see this other guy, he's got this backpack on his back with a pair of boots that are swinging on it. And he doesn't immediately go, here, have my boots. Or here, I've got a spare shirt. It's, you, you look quite a long way into the journey before he says, look, put these boots on. But you see them swinging away on the back of his backpack the whole time. And this lad is walking along with bare feet. And I'm like, give him the boots. <laughs> but he doesn't just go, oh, yeah, look, yeah, you're, you're someone who needs help. I'm going to help you. He's like, you know what? You know what? If you can walk with me, that's fine. But, you know, it's you're like, looking after yourself, chum. And I like rule, the fact that First rule, was... don't slow me down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> first rule, party. Yeah, so <laughs> there was a lot about this film that I, I really liked yeah okay so uh as I, said, I mentioned this film last week and i have started watching it but i haven't finished watching it but i think of uh, uh because sean i'm with you with shia labeouf when he does something now you're like at the very least it's going to be interesting at the very yeah. least it is you're going to be like okay this is going to be something worth watching even even if i might not get on with it but it's going to be something that's going to be worth watching and uh this film i think within about five minutes of this film starting i was like Oh, I think I'm going to like this. I think I'm going to yeah. like this a lot. And I, I, I unfortunately don't have the director's name or anything like that, but I feel like there are very few films recently I've seen 
that have set the scene out so quickly, like the opening scene with Zach in the old people's home and everything. Yeah, yeah. I think that there's very few films that have set the scenes out so well that you immediately go, I think I am going to get on well with this film. And I yeah. think Peanut Butter Falcon, I am waiting to finish watching it. I think I'm going to get well, well with it. So, Sharon, you sound like you loved it. You sound like it's quite a high score. I liked score. it a lot. So, yeah. so, I'll definitely give it a four. Definitely give it a, a strong four. Definitely. And Sean, do you concur? Yeah, I to- totally concur with that. Yep, strong four. Yeah, definitely. All right, All right cool. Good stuff. Okay, and now we get onto the film buff interview. So this is a bit where we started off during lockdown. We were thinking cinema wasn't around, and so we are going to celebrate cinema by talking about somebody who, well, talking to somebody who loves it. And as you'll hear in this interview, we ask a couple of questions. And that is, um, well, you'll hear what the questions are. We ask four patent questions that we do here on Netflix vs. Cinema. And this week, you get to speak to Seb, Seb Juneman. We have a history, in, as you will hear, a history in musical theater and all that kind of stuff. But this, this is what Seb had to say about cinema, films, and all that. Seb, Seb Juneman, thank you so much for joining us on Netflix vs. Cinema. It is lovely to have you on the, on the podcast this week. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. So, no, now, um, I'm not sure whether you've listened to any of the other episodes of the podcast or seen what it is that we do. But um, when lockdown happened and cinemas went, obviously, Netflix was a cinema, and it's hard to have a podcast called that when cinema is not there. So, <laughs> so, we st- so I essentially sort of go on my contacts books and start going through um going through my life and going okay let's see i've been a film buff i must have hung around people with similar ideas and similar things and i've been i've been having a lot of fun meeting up with like <laughs> catching up with people going oh yeah yeah you 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 did stuff yeah and and, and with you we connected first of all in at imperial college london in the dramatic side of things the dram sock and mm. the musical theater society and you are actually the man who gave me my first ever role in an onstage musical yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you were in um uh yeah funny thing happened on the way to the forum and, yes uh and yeah it was it was great fun um it was probably i'm trying to think i think that was my first uh directorial uh sort of job um, at uh at imperial yes yes i think it, yeah i think it was it was um, your first one yeah and yeah a huge amount of fun uh but uh but yeah no thanks um uh in terms of the sort of the cinema side of things and the, the, the film side of things it's always been a bit of an extension of you know my love of the stage as well yeah um and uh and yeah so like I, i'm trying to think if we talked too much at the time that we were doing all the sort of drama stuff about about movies and stuff you know i actually really don't think we did <laughs> mm-hmm. i really don't think we did i know that there was a time when okay because our mutual friend al norman he pretty much yeah. got a whole bunch of people into Breaking Bad. And I know that there was a time yeah. we had that we had a Breaking Bad group where it was all just about watching Breaking Bad and going, have you seen it yet? Have you seen it yet? No spoilers, no spoilers. <laughs> Quick, over here, private group. We need to talk about this now. <laughs> we, we, were you at Al's um, sort of like final episode party um, around at his house where we watched it on a big screen? No, no, I wasn't because, oh, but, no. because but for the final season, which is which is when I joined the Breaking Bad Avengers. Um, for the fun, yeah. I was I was on the Isle of Wight, so yeah, of course you were. Yeah, I was on the Isle of Wight, so I actually watched the final episode of Breaking Bad by myself because Claudia wasn't watching it because she tried to watch the first episode and she got to the point where let me just say bathtub acid corpse, and she. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, and she went, nope, not watching this, nope, can't handle this. And, and she, even though I tell her about what happens and about about the different um, developments in the storyline, she says, that sounds brilliant, not watching it. So, yep. <laughs> just, just give me the summary and I'll just trust you that it's great. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I had this with, uh, with my wife, Jen, and uh, we watched Breaking Bad together, I think, for the first time. Um, must have been sort of like oh, six or seven years ago and um she hated it <laughs> by the time we got to the end of by the time she got to the end of the second series she was like no i don't like it i can't carry on with this i don't like him i don't, I don't like walt i i think that he's a bad person and um i don't like this program where he I'm seems to be glorified to like yeah <laughs> no i'm like no the whole point of this is that you're supposed to realize that he is horrible and i've seen vince gilligan interviewed and you know he he talks about like i don't understand why people are sort of talking about walt as a hero he's like i'm deliberately writing the man <laughs> as a villain what is wrong with you people yeah i i actually um, yeah i mean without trying to give any spoilers away for anybody who might possibly be listening to this and hasn't seen breaking bad <laughs> I, I remember the point it was one of the later seasons when the realization dawned on me and obviously there's like different characters and you have Walt who's supposed to be this. I think at the beginning, he, he's supposed to be like a Mr. Magoo kind of character, which is an American reference. That I think Vince Gilligan has used as well. And there was a point mm. in one of the later seasons when I was like, oh my God, the other guy's the decent one. Yeah. <laughs> and it just, it just hit me. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> but yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But and um, the thing is, is that we've actually returned to it more recently and i don't know what's changed but um i i think for some reason now she's like oh no i get it now and so we're now um in the middle of season three oh yeah and really enjoying it again um and so yeah it's, it's been really nice for me to be able to sort of go back and re-watch it with with her now uh, as a couple and uh, for her to actually enjoy it so that i don't sit there and go what is wrong with you <laughs> like, why, like, why don't you enjoy this amazing <laughs> program well you're looking at going <laughs> I'm not sure about this marriage thing. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, I knew there was something wrong with you for, you know, you actually wanting to marry me in the first place. So maybe this is the thing. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you'll change your mind about me as well. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I have had those thoughts. I have, I have to admit, I have totally had those What about my wife? <laughs> like, what? what? Well, <laughs> well, I wasn't going to tell you, Seb, but you, oh man, remember that time I was in hair and I had my chest out and everything? But hey, never mind. But <laughs> <laughs> mate, I remember it well. I remember it so very well. <laughs> uh, so we have four questions, and there is number one: is what is the first film you ever saw at the cinema? Number two: what was the last film you saw at cinema before lockdown happened? Which can also be followed with: what was the first film you saw when cinemas reopened? And then mm-hmm. number f- number three, um, why do you think cinema is a thing? What on earth is the lure of cinema? Why has it? Yeah, the, the philosophical question. The philosophical, yeah, yeah. the philosophical f- question where we might go up ourselves a bit. And, mm. <laughs> and then the final. I'm question, looking forward to that one. Yeah, the final question: What do you well? What are you most looking forward to seeing when cinemas are well? Now the cinemas are reopened. What are you going to try and see before cinemas shut again? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's all crazy. <laughs> As the world is going crazy, the questions are, are in flux. So, but first of all, let's kick off with the, let's kick off with happier things. What is hopefully a happy, happy memory? What was the first thing that you saw at the cinema? Tell them a story about that. Uh, so, 
like as is often the way with these sorts of questions about you know what was the first thing that happened to you in in this particular category um the first answer isn't necessarily the best one um because <laughs> i so like this already the, the, sec the second one is probably a better one so i'll tell you both um the first one um i think uh, we saw like a, a cinema re-release of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs that my mum and dad took me to. Oh. And I must have been like three or four. And I've got like the dimmest memory of this. And I was freaked out because I was sort of taken into a dark room with a giant screen playing like really loud sort of music and um you know I, I you know snow white it's the, the her voice is weird man yeah, yeah like yeah. it's it, like and so i was freaked out and so i think we probably were in there for maybe 15 minutes before i was like mummy daddy i need to go i can't <laughs> i can't take this anymore <laughs> so that was my introduction to cinema uh, and didn't really go back to the cinema for a couple of years after that. I think my parents were like, "Yeah, let's let's give that a, give that away." Um, but the second story, I think, is a better one, and that's probably when I was about six or seven. Um, it's at least it may, it may not be my second time in cinema, but it's the one that I remember. Mm -hmm. um, my my older cousin, who was about uh, sort of uh, nine or ten years older than me, had a part time job uh, working in a cinema, um, uh, sort of kind of on the uh, in the theatre world, this would be the front of house, you know, yep, selling the yep, tickets yep, yep, and yep. selling the, the box office. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, and um, I, uh, I think I was dropped off to sort of hang out with him um, for for the afternoon because he had a really quiet day, and he offered to show me around the, the cinema. Um, and it was when Hook was playing, Ooh. and so he took me uh, sort of around the back to where the um, uh, the, the projection booth is. Yes. And so I got to go into the projection booth, see uh, at the time, you know, those big sort of projectors with the film. Yeah, and, like you know, see the person. Yeah. <laughs> I like to see the control room of like where all of that was happening, just was magical. And then to go into the cinema itself and watch, I didn't watch the whole of Hook, but probably watched like the second half all the way through to that the ending with the you know the great set piece and uh the great sort of set piece fight with against all of the, the yeah. pirates and, yeah yeah you know, yeah and the lost um, boys and, and rufio yeah, oh rufio, rufio. <laughs> um yeah it's just like still gets me still gets me rufio's just, uh, what a hero um and and yeah and so for me that definitely was one of those moments where i was like oh no this is cool this is cool like that there is you know this behind the scenes little magical thing which projects like these amazing stories with you know big colors and big sort of sound and music and um it helped that like i loved the film and you know me and i think it's a weird generational thing mm. me and most of my friends and family certainly my wife think hook is brilliant mm. and there's a handful of people that go no you're crazy and if you look on like Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. At the score on it. It is bombing there. It's a proper, like, yeah. rotten score. Of, yeah, I have like, to, I have to, 40. Yeah, I have to admit with you, I have to, uh, I have to agree with you because oh, on the, I do not understand the hate that Hook gets. 
I mean, yeah. people people vilify that film. People see it as like you know Steven Spielberg's dark secret or something. And even he himself, yeah. so like you know he he sort of doesn't speak favorably about the film. But I loved it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's great. Like the music is is phenomenal, and like you've got yeah Dustin Hoffman like absolutely smashing it with like yeah, as... one of my probably my all time favorite performance of captain hook yeah um and then you've got robin williams man and just uh you've got uh maggie smith you've got uh it's Gwyneth Jul- Paltrow, julia roberts it? like, julia roberts as tinkerbell yeah but like it's Gwyneth Paltrow, and like i think just that like random like one second uh cameo where it turns out that she's the young version of uh maggie of, smith of wendy oh yeah <laughs> well, yeah yeah of, yeah, but because the, 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 that's the thing about because in Hook, because um, I've shared this story on the podcast quite a few times as to because I grew up in Nigeria, I didn't get to go to the mm. cinema until I was 16. And uh, mm. yeah, first film, Dragonheart, Swiss Cottage Odeon, brilliant. I've been waiting my whole life for that. And, and uh, so Hook I saw in the early 90s and that was, it was on video. We had to go to the video rental store and get that. And I remember we used mm. to watch it and just the thing that got us was the flying effect. We were like, oh my God. We haven't seen anybody yes. look this good at flying since he actually looks like he's fly- It looks natural. And we loved Hook. We absolutely loved mm. Hook. And I remember Dustin Hoffman. And when I eventually, that was the first film I saw Dustin Hoffman in. And when I eventually saw him in another film, I was like, no, th- this must be wrong. It says Dustin Hoffman on the cover of the video cassette, yeah. but, but that doesn't look like him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Until that's, that's not Hook. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Until today, it's like when I see when I still when I see him in Hook, I still have to sort of tell myself and remind myself that it's Dustin Hoffman, and the only thing yeah. that gives it away from me is his nose. That, that's, yeah. about, that's about it. But oh, it, oh, it's also at the very end when when uh, you, you sort of see him with the with the hairpiece taken off, and yeah, know, he's sort of like he's the old man in need of a mommy, uh, and you see him there like as the old man and you can see much more of the Dustin Hoffman that we see from other stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, my other favorite thing to, to watch in hook is to try and spot, uh, Glenn close. I'm pretty sure it's Glenn close. Oh yes. Which, <laughs> yes. This really random cameo where she's dressed up as a pirate. Yeah. Behind um, Mr. On the pirate ship. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, it's kind of like those kind of random cameos that you see in things in like modern films like in the the recent star wars films like prince william and harry were yeah. supposedly and there wasn't it? daniel craig was one of the stormtroopers yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah you kind of have to know that they're there to, to spot them yeah. But, but yeah hook for me was just it was my childhood and it was kind of my first real introduction into cinema and you know it inspired my love of wanting to go back to the cinema ever since then so myself, Sean, and Sharon, who are the three hosts of the podcast, we originally met in a film quiz on the Isle of Wight in the Sydney World, in the Sydney World on Isle of Wight, which was run by a guy called Dan. And and so when you say film trivia, and the second you say, oh yeah, you know, what's the first film Kieran Ackley's? And I'm like, oh oh, I know, I know, I know, me me. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it just gets so I'm going to try and move away from that. And let's. <laughs> well, no, because I just just I'm finishing on that though. I that was one of my favorite things uh before i left facebook and said i hate you facebook i'm never coming back oh, yeah. um seeing you would occasionally sort of uh post up the picture rounds oh yeah the bonus the round previous from... night's quiz yeah i love those <laughs> so much fun 
Oh, good lord! I remember. Anyway, I, I, oh, I remember the time when you actually sent me a picture showing you show me your working. Where it was, yes. it was around. Where it was, was it was I about it very seriously. It was about female characters. I think it was about female title characters in films. And what he'd done yep. is that he he gave you each each alternate letter of the name, and you just were you went right. There's fifty here. I'm getting all these. I am getting all yeah. these. And I remember, I've got nothing to do for the next three hours. <laughs> this is what I am doing. And I I showed that to dad. I showed to dad who created the quiz, and he was <laughs> he was so chuffed. He was so incredibly <laughs> chuffed that somebody had taken it that seriously he would i mean dad dad is the kind of person where those sort of things mean a lot to him so you made dan very uh, happy that week <laughs> I just to... oh, oh it makes me happy too <laughs> anyway sorry oh. i've interrupted you enough no 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 okay now let's let, let's move on we will be here we'll be yeah. done in two hours so, yeah. so so um with okay so that's the first film you saw we now go forward in time and we go to this point where lockdown's announced so what was the last mm. film that you actually managed to catch at the cinema before we were not allowed to go into them for a while yeah yeah okay so i did do my homework before this and i did listen to um the uh sort of podcast episode that you sent me yeah and so i know that we aren't allowed to talk about this film because, <laughs> the, last film, <laughs> because the last film that i saw was the rise of skywalker um and i saw it just before christmas uh with my wife and um it was the first film that the two of us had seen together in the cinema for probably two and a bit years, I think, because um, because my my son was born yeah. in February of 2018. Um, I've been to the cinema twice since then. Mm-hmm. Um, once was to see Avengers Endgame because I was like, I, I'm you, sorry, yes. I'm, a, yes. I'm such a nerd. I've invested so much in these films. I have to see this in the cinema. It's, a, it's um, like, yes, yes, it, it might make me a bad father, but I'll, I'll make up for it. I'll make up for yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I was like, well, right, I'll be there uh, to sort of like put him to bed and stuff like that. And I think he was maybe sort of like a month old at that point. And she's like, do you know what? It doesn't really matter at this stage. He's a month old. We're okay. You can go away for a few hours. And I was like, thank you so much. Um, <laughs> but then uh, seeing Rise of Skywalker was uh, the first time that actually we left Toby um alone with his grandparents yep. uh sort of uh, for the first time so when he was i guess let me think quite a, quite a way it was like eight or nine months old and so we were visiting family for christmas uh, in norfolk and um the cinema was quite a way away uh it would basically mean leaving him um and also letting them do bedtime with yeah. him and yeah. and all of the bath time stuff and you know, those are, those are sort of things that you can be really precious about as parents. And the other side of that now, we look back on that and be like, yeah, it's fine. Of course they can do that sort of stuff. But yeah. the first time is, is a big moment. Yeah. And so we went to go and see Rise of Skywalker. And so possibly we enjoyed it more because, <laughs> <laughs> because the fact that it was like, ooh, we're going to go out on a nice date together. Um, but yeah, I don't... I don't I'm not going to get into it with you about why you hate it and why I actually quite liked it. <laughs> it's it's kind of like how when cinema started reopening and there were all these things on Twitter from like film journalists and everything like that. I think there was one called Robbie Collin. I think he writes for The Telegraph. And he he was talking about the fact that he was he was like, I've just seen a film for the first time in, the cinema, in six months in the cinema and I'm not sure whether... I'm struggling to write this review because I'm not sure whether I was just so euphoric about the fact that I was allowed back in the cinema or whether I actually liked the film. So, yeah. so look, 
I will I will give you okay I've have I have enough distance from it right that 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 my <laughs> like okay for instance you said the name of the film and I didn't want to wretch you said the name of the film and I didn't immediately feel like you know an anger building up in my chest so that's so, amazing that's amazing that's progress that that is progress it's progress and I will I will let that go because because it is a good story for you it's it's something that you will always used to be able to mark a definite moment in your life of your family so let's move on let's move on so we have this cinema thing we have okay so we have this cinema mm-hmm. thing you go you watch hook it kicks your mind off then you go you watch a film the last last film you saw before lockdown was a film made by somebody mm-hmm. who is trying to be the guy who made hook and just by yep. copying all his moves <laughs> and yeah and um yeah uh, but why do you think this cinema thing why do you think it has that power to as you know make it feel like where it was when you were a kid again and why do you think that when you were a kid it actually was great in the first why cinema why is it a thing i don't know i think cinema is it's 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 part of like a, a bigger thing that we have as society about shared experiences um like i don't know if you have that thing where people say it's weird to go to the cinema by yourself um, like I have been to the cinema by myself and I don't necessarily think it's weird, but I uh, definitely enjoy the cinema more when I go with somebody else. Yeah. Even though I don't talk to them. Yeah. You know, I'm very much, uh, ascribed to the, the, the Kermode and Mayo list of, you know, cinema etiquette rules, right? No rustly sweets and no talking <laughs> and no looking at the phone. Um, <laughs> and you know, no getting up during the important bits. Um, so you don't really talk to people during it, but, there is something about the shared experience. And this is also true. And the reason I bring this up is because it's the same sort of thing to do with theater and, and sports events of, of going and being part of a crowd yeah. and watching something and being entertained by it. Uh, and then, you know, all of the other stuff that's, uh, that's less good, like, you know, blood sports and things like that in the past and hangings and awful things like that. Mm. But, but there is something that humans have about wanting to go and see something together and sharing it together. Mm. And, you know, even if you don't know the people that you're sat with, like for me, that is one of the biggest things about going to the cinema is, is that you're there and seeing stuff with people. And obviously, you know, you and I met through theater and, and it's the same sort of thing. Like, you know, with lockdown, <clears throat> there's been a whole load of, uh, uh, plays and, musicals and things um from like the national theater has probably been the best example of putting old plays on uh youtube and that's been great because for me and jen we've not been able to go to the theater anywhere near as much as we used to um before before our son came around and so seeing some of that stuff was really great like um you know seeing frankenstein which neither of us got got to go and see um i mean obviously that was before our son was born but we just never got around to it yeah but it's not the same. It's not quite the same watching a YouTube version of a play because when you are there and you are immersed in it, you know, there is just, there is something that is quite difficult to explain. You, you, there is an immersive element to it and cinema is kind of the same. Mm-hmm. Like I have been at showings of films where at the end it's been a really great film and the audience applauds. Yeah, yeah. And like that's 
in a way that's bonkers because nobody hears that applause it's not like in a play where you are saying to the actors who have spent the last few hours entertaining you and all of the crew and potentially if the director is in there being sort of like clap 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 yeah really good thank you for thank you for entertaining us yeah literally nobody there nobody's gonna sort of like be typing a message in the in the odian control room saying yes you had some applause today and jj Abrams being like oh thank you for that um (laughs) You know, that doesn't happen. But there is something about sort of saying, yeah, we enjoyed that and cheering. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, so I think for me, cinema is, is ultimately about that shared experience. Um, but it, there is the other aspect of it, which is um, there are films which you just don't want to see at home. You want to see them on a big screen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so like big event films, films where uh, you know that, it's sort of like you know big set pieces uh big uh, sort of action or big sort of um uh sort of technical or big sounding films so uh avatar for me is an example of a film that i never got to see in the cinema and so i don't know if it's any good because i watched it <laughs> i watched it obviously with no 3d glasses uh at home on the television and thought all right <laughs> <laughs> This is a bit of a, a rubbish story, you know. <laughs> I don't really know what I'm supposed to feel here. You know, it's just yeah, this is a story that's been done before. What is it? Uh, uh-huh. I imagine yep, like yep. seeing it in the cinema, I probably would have had a different experience. Uh, well, um Well, I saw it in the cinema and I agree with you. So <laughs> Oh, you still think it's rubbish. Okay, fine. <laughs> well yeah. So, but but but, the, but so the... I'm saying I would never know because I'd never seen it in that particular format. And you know, there are directors like you know george lucas christopher nolan um who you know are really passionate about filming in a particular way like either filming uh on uh on film yeah as in like you know physical film or filming uh on sort of digital with these imax cameras yeah um and so you know i saw uh the dark knight rises at uh the imax in london um by waterloo and it's just there is something great about the imax just the sheer size of the screen, the sound, oh my God, the sound quality is insane. I'm, I'm a bit of an audio file as well as theater file and yeah. film file and, or a media file in general. Yeah, essentially, yeah, essentially um, entertainment, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but just the, like, the sheer quality of the sound, you know, you get from being, you know, the, bombarded by the different sort of surround sound elements to it. And like, you know, I'm never going to have the sort of money to be able to, uh, fit my house out with anywhere near that kind of quality of sound. So there is definitely an element of going and seeing the purest version of that piece of entertainment. Yeah. Because you're never going to have the same screen size, the same sort of sound system. And, you know, when you've got these amazing scores from composers like, you know, Hans Zimmer and John Williams and stuff, yeah. you just, you have to be there in like the, the, the in the real thing yeah all right cool with that we're going to move on to what was well, the original question was what are you most looking forward to seeing in cinemas when they mm. reopen now obviously now cinemas are reopen i'm not sure if there's anything mm. that you have been to see yet no okay no because so, like like i say with with being being a parent it's, it's totally shifted what i can legitimately <laughs> do for socialization as well yeah um but uh, but actually, now since uh, things have started reopening again, um, and we have started like 
you know, talking around to some of our local friends and saying, you know, we'll do sort of a babysitting exchange where, you know, you know, uh, one of them will come and babysit for us when we go out for a night and then we'll go and or one of us will go and babysit sort of for them. So we have got one of those in the bank at the moment. Um, and I have managed to uh, sort of strong arm my wife into agreeing to go and see Tenet. Um, so I, I don't know when when that's going to happen. Hopefully at some point in the next week or two. And hopefully um, cinemas I'm are still open. Then. Excited. Yeah, they better be. <laughs> it's only two of us going, not six of us, with a, a new restriction. Yeah, but, um, but as, as you know... As long every, as there every... are no more than four other people in the room. <laughs> As as you know, every single time they create they release a new guideline, it seems to contravene five of the other ones they gave us. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's um yeah okay. So Tenet, you're, you're looking forward to seeing Tenet. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so I'm a big big Nolan fan. Um, you know, always always have been really. So I think the first Nolan film I saw was Memento, mm-hmm. and it just blew my mind. Um, like I loved that kind of reverse storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um. Sort of uh, the the opportunities that opened up, it was just so fascinating. Um, uh, and you know, you and I being <clears throat> sort of uh, theatre sort of con- uh, you know, people that we connected over theatre, um, it's it's similar to the Sondheim musical Merrily We Roll Along. Okay. Um, except that that musical is uh, is you know it starts at the end. You know, how did we get to to be here? And then it goes all the way back to the beginning. And so it's a, it's one of these really weird. Uh, sort of storytelling mechanics where it ends in a really positive place, except that you know that you started in a really bad place. Yes. And so you don't know how to feel at the end. Yeah. And Memento was kind of the same. It left me really confused, but kind of awestruck by the, the sort of the way that I had to mentally engage with the storytelling. And I think for me, that's kind of one of those things that, that Nolan does is he does these sort of, I don't know, uh, sort of non-linear, sort of mentally complex, cerebral stories, uh, and you know, I, I love that. Like uh, Inception must be up there in you know, my top five films of all time. Um, really, like, just again, being a fan of the score, I love the fact that he does lots of his stuff with Hans Zimmer. Hans yeah. Zimmer, yep. Um, I would, I would probably say is my favorite composer for film over john williams dare i say it um yeah i I love his work and um just the soundtrack to inception the score is just amazing and just some of the performances and the writing of it just the whole package is just such a great a great movie Uh, and yeah and just so um so the only film that jen and i disagree over is the prestige which i don't understand because i love the prestige I am all about the magic. I am all about uh, the performances. And, you know, you've got uh, Michael Caine, you've got uh, Hugh Jackman, you've got Christian Bale, you've got um, Scarlett Johansson, probably not in the best performance of her career. But then you've got, like, David Bowie as Nikolai Tesla, man. I mean, come on, what's not like about that? And what's crazy is that my wife has such a crush on both Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale and yet she doesn't like this film and I don't understand why it's like we were saying earlier about Breaking Bad maybe we need to watch it again maybe maybe something's changed maybe you should watch it again and go hey actually this film's good well well, okay okay so have you heard much about Tenet uh no but the reason I've gone off on one about the other films that 
Nolan has done is because I'm coming to Tenet with that kind of mentality. I'm coming to it with knowing that uh, this is the sort of film that, that Nolan makes. makes. And yeah. I know, yeah, and I know that they've tried to keep a lot of the the story and the plot, um, you know, uh, under wraps. Yep. They try to keep it quite secretive. Um, yep. And I'm I'm all for that. That makes me even more excited about seeing it. Okay. Uh, I know that there's this stuff about inversion and that <laughs> I know a lot of people who have seen it have kind of come out of it and gone, I don't understand what I just saw, <laughs> which again makes me want to see it even more. Um, but it's also really important you saying, like, how much do you know about it? Because I kind of want to keep it a little bit secretive where I kind of want to keep the ignorance because there are so few opportunities I have to be, to be ignorant about something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because, because with, with the changes in my circumstances, changes in my life, um, you know, being able to go to the cinema, uh, you have, you, I I can't go to cinema very much anymore. And so when I do go, it's usually to see, one of these big event films yep. like a star wars like a marvel film or something like that because yep. i'm a massive nerd and so i've seen all the trailers i have either read the comic books i'm like i've already done a whole load of the analysis pre going to see it of thinking what's going to happen and all of that yeah. sort of stuff yeah and i and i kind of know what to expect for the most part before going in yeah there's there have been very few films that I've seen where I go in and I genuinely have no idea what's going to happen. And um, the last time I did that was probably seeing No Country for Old Men. Oh, yeah. At the, at the time, I, um, was, I was reading Empire, um, like, on a monthly basis. Oh, the movie Empire, magazine, yeah, seeing, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, like, really into seeing sort of what, you know, the, the sort of biggest films of, of that particular month were. And it was given a five-star, and I'd literally read it that sort of afternoon and i was like thinking mm, do i want to go and see this or not um and on a whim decided to go and see it having not actually read the whole review but knowing it was five stars and knowing nothing about the film yeah and walking in there was just one of those wonderful wonderful cinematic moments where yeah. you don't know m- much about what you're going to see and you are just surprised by it yeah and so i'm going into tenet hopefully in the knowledge that i feel like i'm in a safe pair of hands with the creative team, with the actors involved, <laughs> and uh, and the knowledge, the, the the bare knowledge that I know that people are coming out of it going, I don't know what I just <laughs> saw, and the excitement for that is tangible. All right, in that case, I will not say much. I will just let, <laughs> all I will do is all I will do is hope and pray that you get to see it soon because then yeah. we, because we can talk about it uh, I, I, I don't want to say I don't want to say anything or anything like that because obviously we met at a very very sciencey university uh, it was it was all about science and, yep. and when you talk like essentially you talk about people saying oh I'm a nerd everybody there was a nerd so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah it's um, I were uh, yeah I, I think I think it's a kind of film that you would get on well with. I'll just and I'll and I'll and I'll leave it there. I'll leave it at that. Say thank you so much for coming into the podcast this week. And as 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 has happened with some of these, I think I'm gonna have to give you your own special episode as well as <laughs> have a snippet of this in the actual normal show. I think I might have to you have to do that. And also thank you for coming on in a week in which every single other film in the world seems to be running scared from Tenet. So there is nothing new. Nothing new out this week. <laughs> 
<laughs> Nothing you have, we, we've reviewed everything we can't do it even though Tenet is a film that we've had to review multiple times so yeah. <laughs> so, so but, but as I said uh, thank you very much for joining us and uh, yeah thanks let, man it's been fun yeah let, let's let's hope that we get to actually chat about Tenet at some point soon when you've gotten see, when you've gotten to see it that was a snippet of the interview that we did like what happens with these things we were on the phone for about an hour so i thought i'll save everybody listening to us going for an hour and cut this thing down to about half an hour but we're going to put the full seb interview up as its own special thing i still have to do that with the juan interview because there was so much stuff that was in that so mm. seb what did we think what did we like what did we agree with and you already know what i didn't agree with so <laughs> ah, <Star> Wars. <laughs> yeah it's funny that it raises funny that. David once again funny that. so the hook it's interesting when you're talking yeah. about hook the, how people either love it or hate it it seems to be one of those Marmite films doesn't it uh, yeah I don't I understand don't why though but, but I guess I've I guess not, because I've I'm, not I'm seen it I've not seen I've not seen hook not seen yeah. it I've seen bits of it you mean we're talking about Dustin Hoffman one yeah yeah Dustin Hoffman yeah, Robin Williams yeah, Hoffman. Yeah. Julia Roberts Maggie Smith. Yeah. It's like a grown-up yeah. Peter Pan, isn't it, who goes back to Neverland. That's right. Because he forgets yeah, that he's yeah. Peter Pan, doesn't he? And he goes back to Neverland. Yeah, you see now, that, I just love everything about that. I love everything about that synopsis. I, I, I just don't understand if people don't like that film, but yeah, that's the... Uh, but hey, anyway. But uh, yes, the, uh, I think I've said enough about Hook on the interview. I don't want to add to it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but yes, the... that's an interesting sort of early film to watch because that's quite cinematic, isn't it? Because the way the colours and the way it's done, yeah, it's very cinematic cinema experience. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think if there's anything that comes out to me, it's it's colours. The colours in Hook just sort yeah. of like stand out. Like you just remember those scenes. It looks like one of the like the holy festival that they have in like you know areas of India and stuff like that. It looks like that. It just yeah, explosion all... of colour all over the screen. Uh, I uh, there, there was a whole bunch of stuff. I think there's some stuff that Sean you would like that I had to cut out for time in Seb's interview. He talks about when cinema goes too far. <laughs> right. Okay. He talks about when cinema goes too far because he was, you know, when he was talking about the what makes cinema great and how cinema's great and that's sort of shared experience and all that. And he says that he thinks yeah. that sometimes when cinema goes too far and we have a massive tirade about 3D. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. That we got yeah. yeah. It, was, it was interesting. Interesting thing he said he likes to go with someone. He always likes to go to the cinema with someone because I mean I'm happy to go with someone, but I some I like cinema on my own. You know, I mean I'm, I'm quite happy yeah, I think to be in the cinema. The same boat, aren't we? Yeah, but I, to yeah. Be, but to be honest with you, this whole podcast it comes out because of that. I think the whole thing about going to the cinema, watching it with somebody, is because you get to do this afterwards. You get yeah, to sit down you get and to get to go, what do you think about that? What do you think about that? Oh, I thought that was a bunch of rubbish. Oh, no, I thought it was really good. And you get to, you, you get to have this. And so, and so this, whole, this whole podcast is pretty much the discussion after you go watch a film together, even though we, re- we barely ever watch the same film. So it's, it, I, I, I agree what he's saying. I understand what he's saying about the fact that it's like you go to the cinema, you watch something, and you want to have somebody with you because if nothing else just to sort of like say oh my god did you see that what was that mm. like like i can imagine yeah. like so sean i can imagine you get an if, instant response don't you yeah yeah i can imagine that sean if we'd gone to see tenet together we would have sat down with we would have sat down <laughs> in the foyer with a piece of paper a pen, <laughs> probably about five yeah. different pens to figure out five different lines. aspects i tried to, <laughs> to work it out yeah. have like i have still like a, that, that, yeah i mean 
I'm still impressed with that. I still and I can still picture that scene in my mind of the the you know the the soldiers going in two directions like a like yeah, a yeah, train. Yeah. I still it's yeah. stuck in my mind that one. It's like oh let's yeah. I'm gonna have to probably see it again. I think. Well, I mean, I, think... I was gonna go and see it again last week, but I never it never happened. Well, as yeah, I, I wasn't said... feeling too good. So. Yeah, as I said, as I said to Seb in the interview, that I'm pretty sure we're going to have to review that film more than well, we've already done it twice. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have to do it again. Yeah, where we go, like, okay, this is this is yeah. like the the third time, and oh, what do we we, we think we think we what figured out the first. Out what's going on then? I think we figured <laughs> we figured out the first third. We're pretty okay with the first third of the film. <laughs> we just, I fig- I figured it's going to be something like that. Um, so uh, yeah, anything else on Seb? But I was interested about when he was talking about Avatar because when he was yeah. saying you know, how he didn't get that cinema experience. So I did endure sitting there with the 3D <laughs> glasses on <laughs> and watching it. And there's a bit where there's the floaty bits where you're going, oh, floaty bits. And so, yeah, you do get that experience at the cinema with the 3D, but I am not a fan of 3D. I mean, I will endure it to watch the odd film, but a few times I've just got so fed up that I've actually taken the 3D glasses off and then try to sat there and try to watch it <laughs> without watch, the glasses watch it in, on. in all of its blurry glory without the glasses with all on. its blurry glory because yeah, I just get to that I just think <laughs> it's like wearing face masks in shops isn't it you get to a point where you just want to take it off and yeah. I get when I'm in a 3D film my eyes are being I'm sort of like ooh I think oh I think I I'll think, take more I agree with Sharon I'm, I'm, I think you can take them on and off I mean Quite often, I got used to what I can't remember what film it was, but I thought, oh yeah, this will be a 3D moment, and then I put them back on. But quite yes. often, with a lot of it, a lot of films, you can actually see it, and it's not really that blurry. And then you think, it's not too bad. Oh, yeah, this is going to go 3D now. So you can... I did that with the Glee, got, the 3D uh, Glee concert. Back on, and then you can take them off again. You know, cause... yeah. So it's, it's <laughs> oh, right. Okay, I didn't know about that one, but. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was I was I wasn't forced to go because it's likely. But yeah, we watched the three D, the Glee in concert, and it was three D. And so every time then you'd go, oh, this is three D bit. So we'd all and then yeah, I'd, we'd I'd, take them off again. Uh, I'm sorry. I think I think three D is supposed to be in theme parks. Theme parks where you're going to there, you have to put your glasses for yeah. like ten minutes. People are going to throw things at the screen. That is three D in its element. Two hour film, no. Yeah, sorry. Two of uh, I, I have never, I have yet to see a film that for two hours has justified the fact that it's in three D. I haven't seen that. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's possible, I, and I think it should be done I, because your eyes hurt. Yeah, I don't think it's really caught on, is it? Really, I don't think it's had a big as impact no. as what they thought it was going to have. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what you guys think? Yeah, but, well, you know, you no, don't I don't really... think so because. You see, when you go to the films where it's like you can have the, the 2D option or the 3D option, most people go, oh, 2D, please. Yeah. And most <laughs> often it's, it's not the discomfort of sitting there with these. And if you wear glasses anyway, it's just not nice. Yeah. You'd have, you, I had a way of sort of trying to balance them where the bridge of the 3D glasses like, would sit on the top of the bridge of mine. And so <laughs> you end up sort of watching it like that. I was like, oh. <laughs> trying to balance for anybody and, just listening to the audio version of this, uh, Sharon sorry. is currently <laughs> tilting her head back. Tilting her head back. We, we're, get, we're getting quite a nice shot on Zoom up her nose. But up her nose. Yeah, <laughs> so it was how, never comfortable. Yeah. I was like trying to, I was like, if you remember, go cast your mind back to Blackadder. I was being a slug balancer. That's basically what, <laughs> um, if anyone had ever watched 
Blackadder, that's <laughs> what I look like in the cinema with 3D glasses on. Uh, uh, all right. So for more thoughts on on uh, set for <laughs> to hear more of Seb's thoughts on 3D, and also he went to, he once went to see a 5D version of a film, which is as stupid as it sounds. In the funny bit. <laughs> it's I was, just... I, I actually, I was going to say that. What, it, what what is like 4DX? And I mean, because uh, at Cineworld now they say, oh, you can watch this film in 4DX or I mean, I can understand some of it, but what's 4DX? It probably, means, it probably means your chair shakes. Oh, right, me- okay. Oh. It, it, I thought, yeah, that was... it, it would have something to do with your chair. Have something to do with your chair. Rumble yeah, scope. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> All right. But anyway, <laughs> Seb, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for the things you said. Thank you for all that and for your love of tenets. We hope you get to see it. And we hope that you get to sit down with us in the room that we're going to have somewhere, socially distanced, of course, where we're trying to figure things out with a board and lines and pictures <laughs> and all that. And Christopher Nolan on standby going, okay, ex- explain this bit to us again. We'll, <laughs> we'll try to figure that out. Uh, okay, so now we get into the final film that we're going to talk about or the final thing that we're going to talk about we've seen at home this weekend this is me i've seen something called high score now as a kid of the 80s who was into his gaming into his nintendo into his sega well most i was i was a nintendo kid i was a nintendo kid uh this is a brilliant brilliant mini series or a series that um it's a documentary series that Netflix have done, and it's in the veins of the film. They did something called The Toys That Made Us, where they were talking about toys that people had when they were growing up. And you can tell that the people who made this grew up in the 80s because they're talking about the Star Wars toys and talking about how, like, the Star Wars toys made, like, you know, three times as much as the films have made. And they had this, t- this toy that's made us, they had the movies that made us, and now they've done something called High Score, and it's all about the history of video gaming and how it started off and how different things, and they, they touch on key touch points like Nintendo, when Nintendo came up, first-person shooters, when Doom came out, when Sega came up to fight against Nintendo, how Atari's and how you had coin ops, and how people, and I just loved it. I loved it. I think uh, it's going to be a really, really short review. I'll give it a four out of five, and I'd say for anybody who loved video games in the 80s, for anybody who had a party where you went onto your friend's house and you played Street Fighter 2 for like seven hours straight <laughs> until your parents, like, you know, ripped this cord out of the wall or in Nigeria until the electric company took all the took all the electricity away. <laughs> so for anybody yeah. who did that, I would say watch High Score. It is brilliant. It talks about the about what the story behind some of the games you love and just the sort of crazy maverick things that happen to make them go and it's it's great. And there's one particular bit where they had the guy who made the music for Donkey Kong. The guy who wrote the music for the original Donkey Kong game, who is, who's, I cannot remember, he's a Japanese composer, and he sat in his office, doing it, and beside his computer, I actually had to take a picture and send it to some of my friends, because he has a vinyl record that's sticking out, and it just says Sonny Ade, and Sonny Ade is a Nigerian musician. And I was like, well, this Japanese video game music composer has a study I day CD. It's like, number one, this guy has good taste. And number two, some things are just universal. So yeah, high score, four <laughs> out of five. If you, I think even if you don't know about video games, it might explain a little bit about what's so great about them to you. And if you have ever played video games, you will love this. Now, we are pretty much done on the podcast this week. I just want to say one more thing uh, note about this week. We kicked off a group on Facebook, which is called Netflix versus Cinema Chat. And this is something for people to get on there to just have things. I think Sean, Sean's going to fire off a question every now and then and try and get people... Every now and again, yeah. <laughs> every now and again. Sean's going to fire off a question. To try. And... I think this week, you already asked a big question, which you've asked already on the podcast before, saying... 
who thinks the top directors, when they make a movie for Netflix, just become self-indulgent and make bad movies because Netflix doesn't care if the movie is good or not? E.g. Scorsese, The Irishman, Spike Lee, The Five Bloods, Michael Bay, Six Underground, ETC. Etc, <laughs> <laughs> etc, et yeah. Yes. So... Yeah, and I think um, you, you, and, and was it you. Who was it? Who was someone? Uh, it might have been John, or was it you that said, "How can you call Mike?" I saw John. Yeah, it was John. He said, "You think Michael Bay's a good director?" <laughs> <laughs> this being Happy John, friend of the podcast, Happy who shares John, yeah. every single thing that we put up. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. I like to put in one. Yeah, I, I should think of some others. Um, yeah. As I say, say the past the past week, I've not really felt on top on top form. You know, I've not um I've not been on top form really. So yeah, I'm hoping uh, this this weekend I'm gonna have another relax and hopefully I'll uh, hmm. I'll get back to yeah yeah no back bro. to the old Sean back to your old perky self. It, it's it's hopefully. okay. It, no, don't worry, Sean. When you're ready, we will take you because some people have already started <laughs> posting other things like Yatish. Remember Yatish, who came on his yeah. first film yeah, the know, cinema, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Care Bears movie. Yeah, and so <laughs> we we remember that Yatish. And he is it uh, Yatish who looks nothing like Fifty Cent. Yes, Yatish who looks absolutely nothing like Fifty Cent. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> looks absolutely nothing like Fifty Cent. I think you can click. Yeah. You can click on it and you can see his picture. You can see his picture yeah. on the uh, of on the thing. And he because he said when I, when we asked him the question, what are you most looking forward to seeing in cinemas when they reopen? He was unanimous. He was just like Dune. He didn't have to think. He was like Dune. It's Dune. Yeah. And he has shared the Dune trailer on the group today. So just the yeah. the which I think Sharon you commented on because you're like, "Ooh, Dune looks good." Yeah. I think it looks good. All right. So, it looks yeah. like all the bits that you want in a Dune film. It looks like it's got them. All right. Yeah, good. So, so come join us. Come join us on there. Come have a chat with us. Come ask some questions. And I think uh, we will probably. I'm still trying to figure out how we can get a section from this and include it in the in the podcast each week. But don't worry. Watch this space. We will be thinking. I'm sure Sean will be thinking as well. We'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. Sharon, you too. You get on it. I will be. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Until then, until next week, when we will hopefully still have cinemas open and Seb and hopefully his wife, Jen, would have managed to see Tenet before they shut the cinemas down (laughs) and all that. It's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. Uh, It's a goodbye from me. Thank you very much. We will see you guys next week. 